Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I'm James. And this week we are going to be reflecting on season one of Dawson's Creek, the whole damn season. Can you believe it? We made it. We made it through 13 episodes of the best television show of all time. Number one, baby. Number one. So yeah, 13 episodes aired uh, in the year 1998, premiered on January 20th, and the finale was on May 19th of the year of our Lord, 1998. There were a couple um, very dominant figures through the majority of this season. Obviously, we had Kevin Williamson. He is the most credited writer of the show. Of course, you would imagine he created it. But uh, beyond that, we have two people who emerged as favorites in this show from the writing standpoint. John Harmon Feldman had five writing credits and Dana Barada had four writing credits. These people were featured more than any other writers in season one. So I guess they're who we should blame for everything. all writers room, baby. Yeah, definitely. Uh, honorable mention, though, Mike White, our buddy. Oh, yeah. yeah our best, best friend. friend. Yeah. Come and on the show. And also, I don't know if we've given him, uh, Mike, I know you're listening. The Congratulations for winning uh, multiple Emmys oh, yeah. for yeah. Mm-hmm. White Lotus. Did you're we welcome. Say that already? Oh, okay. No. Well, Congratulations, Mike White, again. We didn't say that already. Oh, okay, well, never okay. mind. Mike White, this is the first time that we're congratulating you on your Emmy wins for The White Lotus. Yeah. And I think we are directly responsible, are we not? Absolutely. We're the four totally. swing votes that put it in his yeah. favor. That show is based on my life. I worked at a hotel and I was murdered. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. You were a ghost. Funny. That explains a lot. Yeah, it's a whole other <laughs> spooky element to this show. Why this show is terrifying. <laughs> Uh, not just writers, we also had a couple directors who made multiple appearances. Steve Miner is the most featured director. He f- directed four episodes of our 13. And the next most featured director was David Semmel. Other than that, pretty much everybody just did one and done. We had a slew of one and done directors. Yeah, if you're if you're directing in TV, you're kind of interchangeable. Um, not that that's a bad thing. It's just you're there to do a job. It's more of, instead of, you know, an auteur putting their prints right. all over something, it's you're there to service uh, the production itself. But funny enough, I uh, since it's spooky season, I like revisiting a lot of spooky stuff, and I was watching a, a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer two-parter from season two, and David Semmel was the director of both of those, uh. both from WB, and it's the same year. So it's like, yeah, that guy was just hanging out around town. He had a good contract over at WB or yeah. he was on somebody's call sheet like uh like the, towards the top like hey you need a director he's our guy David yeah well I mean it was a fun time I think season one you know ultimately was really just the introduction to Dawson's Creek I think they wrote this season not knowing if they would get renewed but hoping they would and really all we got out of the season was meeting the core four of Capeside to kind of get a little slice of life of what it is like in this town so those characters to summarize are Dawson Leary Joey Potter Pacey Witter and the new girl next door Jen Lindley Throughout the season, really, uh, you know, everybody is kind of getting their life rocked in different ways. Dawson is finding out that his mom, the news anchor uh, for the, the local news, has been cheating on her her dad. You know, these this like this beautiful vision of a relationship. Uh, she's been cheating on her dad with her coworker. Uh oh, her dad. Yeah, she's been cheating on her dad. <laughs> I mean, we all got to do it at some point. And this is a Game of Thrones spinoff. 
Yeah, okay, you're right. So she's cheating on her husband, not her dad. Dawson's um, dad. Yeah. Yeah, Dawson's daddy. Mr. Manmeat, as we like to yeah. call him. Uh, Joey, on the other hand, is kind of grappling with falling in love or at least realizing that she's in love with her childhood best friend, who is the titular Dawson of Dawson's Creek. He owns this town. <laughs> it really does Mayor Dawson. <laughs> Uh, we get to meet Dawson's best friend, also worst enemy, and I think town fuck up, Casey. <laughs> there, there are class clowns and there are town clowns. <laughs> yes. And my town friends, clown. he is a town yeah, clown. He, he really is. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he's probably the person who's in most need of help in this entire community. He's kind of just railing against his abusive family life in every scene and just kind of letting out a massive cry for help that everybody is ignoring except for one person, Miss Jacobs, who is his teacher and they have a sexual relationship. <laughs> Very cool. Ow, ow. Yeah, get it, Pacey. Actually, no, don't. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. Also totally Game illegal. of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary Kay Letourneau, Analog, uh, we talked extensively about that. Hopefully we won't get mired <laughs> in that again, but you never know. And then finally that leaves us with Jen. You know, she's escaping life in the big city. I'm walking here. Um, hey, I'm swinging here. <laughs> and really all she does is just whisper sweet nothings into her grandfather's gaping chest wound. Mm. And that's season one in a nutshell. I mean, mm. that's really what we get. I guess the only other thing is Dawson is in love with Jen, but now he's in love with Joey. Dun, dun, dun. And it took 13 episodes yeah. for that to happen. <laughs> it's, it's so strange because every episode we kept thinking, you know, where do, you know, it's going to go somewhere and, you know, things absolutely did happen. But at that, at the same time, we're recycling the main beats over and over and yep. over and over and over mm -hmm. and over and over again. That's why it's so funny that this summary of season one is four sentences long, really yep. in our yep. notes. Uh, did things happen? I'm sure they did. Uh, but did things happen? Not really. No, they are stuck. A lot of times, whatever was done, much like a Scooby Doo episode, is just undone by the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. It's it's just kind of like, oh, okay, so we made progress, but then we made no progress at the same time. Cool, I like that. That's fun. I know shows back then, uh, you really had to hit the restart button because you did want to be episodic. You wanted to make sure that if people missed one or two episodes and they came back, they knew exactly what they were getting into. They didn't right. have to see everything. Uh, people people couldn't afford a VCR with uh, the recording capabilities of capturing an episode if you were busy doing things in 1998. It was very expensive. It was hard mm. to do. And that is to the fault of this show because just like uh, Star Trek Voyager, it seemed like no matter what happened to that ship, the next episode, everything's fine, baby. We're doing all right. Frustrating. It removes consequences. You know, like, there are no consequences for any actions if we're constantly just starting where we ended last time. It makes everything feel ultimately trivial, which is, I think, my biggest critique of season one is that it felt trivial. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why I watched this, aside from this show. I'm happy I did, but, yeah, to Cody's point, what happened? Four sentences. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's so funny, too, because that you can't have a show like this where it's so, you're investing so much in... The, in, the the nuance of the interactions between these characters, especially when love is involved, and such a fault of the show is that you will have episodes ending with big moments happening between characters, such as a detention, right. when Joey mm -hmm. basically reveals that she's in love with Dawson, and then the next episode, they just don't talk about that. And that, and that was, you know, we still had like four or five episodes left of that season right. where they were just kind of like 
marinating in that awkwardness without ever discussing it. So it's like, well, it's because you had hit that restart button, baby. You don't yeah. know who's going to tune in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel like there is slash was a lot of potential to explore a lot of really interesting themes, you know, that we, it's like, it was just, they were so lately touched on like, uh, classism, racism, Dawson's parents potentially going through a divorce, Jen dealing with death, you know, like there are lots of really Mm. potentially rich things that they, uh, could have gotten into and maybe they will. Um, but that was definitely a disappointment. Yeah. It was very surface. Yeah. Like for all the, all of those themes, it felt like surface level. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're playing it safe. Um, which I get it's your first season. You probably don't want to go too hard in case Mm. it turns people off. You want to have like a runway to go off of. And I think in that respect, season one was successful because I am invested in these characters and I do want to see what happens to them. And like, I'm very curious to see more about Pacey. I really hope we get that, you know? So like, I think especially for 13 episodes, it did its job. It could have done it so much better. And, you know, part of our show is looking at it with the modern lens, you know, looking at a show that's about 25 years old from the perspective of today. And from the perspective of today, like you, in this 13 episode season, what do we really get? Like one episode, you know, like in in today's (laughs) TV, you could probably boil down the major points of this into one, maybe two, maybe like a three episode arc in your 13 episode season. And it would give you so much more room to explore everything that we're talking about. So it's challenging to look back at now and be like, man, I wish it had all these modern conveniences that we're so accustomed to, or that we're so used to that just were not a thing then. I can't even imagine what this show would even be like in a modern context because I think so much of the charm of it is the fact that it is from the late 90s and it's so of its time that it allows itself to be extremely problematic, yes. uh, which we've, I mean, thoroughly have discussed every problematic <laughs> thing that's within this show. I'm sure there's even stuff that we haven't even discussed because we're so weighed down by how, uh, I guess, generally fucked up some of these <laughs> plot lines are. But e- e- even to that uh I do like these characters. I do like seeing them grow. I like seeing Dawson starting as a blank slate and moving on a little bit to learn about himself and starting to be more introspective. Like there are things in the show that are keeping me interested. And if that was modern, what would that look like? Would it be like euphoria where these things would be even more fucked up? I don't know. Like the Mm -hmm. relationship between Pacey and tomorrow, would that be a similar situation to, I I don't know, in Euphoria. Uh, Jules and that dad. And the dad. Oh, yeah. Jules yeah. and the dad, yeah. Would it be like that? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And would that make, for better or worse, what would that even, would that be okay? Would that not be okay? Like, is it better being viewed at from yeah. this? I mean, it's 1998 and this is on basic cable. So it's, or not even basic cable. It's like the free channels, right. it's WB. So it's like heavily censored. You're not really getting, you're never allowed to go too deep with some of these darker issues. Um, do we, would we want to see the darker, more intense, visceral, uh, version of that relationship? I don't know, but it's so of its time. It's so of its time. It is. And I think euphoria does feel kind of like the modern equivalent of Dawson's Creek because Dawson's Creek was challenging, like the modern media at the time of 98 to show kids can be adults too. They can speak like adults. They're not just dumb. They're not just out for hijinks. They're not just like Scooby-Doo trying to solve a, a mystery or something, but they actually have real problems. They actually have real emotions. 
And therefore, we're going to try to portray them in this kind of like heightened, stylized dialogue to show, hey, you know, kids are real. Kids are people too, right? Effectively is the the message that we get. And I think that's kind of what Euphoria does in a way. I haven't seen a lot of Euphoria, but it feels like they're trying to show, hey, kids are <laughs> going through real shit too. It's not just school. It's it's all sorts of things. So. To your point, yeah, I mean, what could Dawson's Creek, if it were on mainline cable today, do to challenge the representation of kids in the media that would still be public or like free TV friendly? Is there a place for Dawson's Creek in today's kid culture, kid media culture? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's a modern version of it would feel too tame. Right. uh, Mm -hmm. Unless they went hard on some of these topics. But then again, I don't know if I want to see that. So, right. Seems weird, but then again, too, like with Euphoria, it's such a it's also such a heightened, surreal version of high school life. Like how this is the heightened, surreal version of high school life, but whereas Euphoria is stylized with um, very you know flamboyant cinematography and it's like right. rich mm-hmm. in the costuming and things like that, this is more in the style of like a melodrama that feels kind of dated and it's so antiquated, weird. like a soap opera, yeah. like nineteen fifties mm-hmm. stylization that's weird. I don't know. Yeah. Very yep. different, though. So I have a question for all of you. I mean, we're we're starting to get into the to the season. So you know, going into season one, I had well, going into Dawson's Creek, I had basically no frame of context for this. The only thing I knew was that meme of Dawson crying. That's that's basically mm-hmm. it. Um, so now it's interesting. We've watched one season of Dawson's Creek. I feel like I know a little bit more about the show. I'm invested in it, like we've said. So my question for you is like, now what when you think of Dawson's Creek? What's the first thing that comes to mind now from season one? Like, are there any standout moments that that you have thinking back on it? So, yeah, I thought about this for a little bit. And for me, the first moment that comes to mind is in the pilot. It's the movie theater sequence. So I rewatched this because it's kind of like the first thing I thought I had when I you know, see the intro, they're all wearing those, those outfits. So that's kind of like the the visual I have. But then I was like, oh, I got to go watch the scene, you know. So, um so this entire series of events starts with the group walking into the movie theater and then it goes up to Dawson and Joey fight. Joey tells Dawson to grow up and then she leaves. Mm. You think about that. Yeah. So the interactions that happen during these first few scenes are basically encapsulates season one. Yeah. That's and, it. Yeah. yeah. So and, like also when they're walking down the street, Dawson's walking um, between Jen and Joey. He goes, he walks in between them. And then uh, Joey's resistant to Jen's friendliness. And then Dawson later chooses to sit by Jen, but ends up getting an earful from Joey, mm-hmm. you know, toward the end. And then, and then of course, Pacey's with the group, but then he kind of splits off and to talk to Tamara and then causes a scene, but he's kind of like then gone. Right. So interesting. It kind of wraps up the whole season yeah. just in that little exchange. I think that also deals very well with like the themes that we see play out in the, um, you know, that prologue of every episode where they're watching a movie and then they cut, you know, the movie has something to deal with it, or at least the conversation has something to deal with, with the rest of the episode. I find it interesting that they're in the movies or Joey says to grow up and then the movie cuts, the movie's over. We're no longer in the movie. Yeah. She says to grow up, but when they're kind of fighting out in the hallway and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that's kind of what happens in the last, in the finale. Yeah. Grow up and then she's going to go to go leave. Supposedly. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. That's a good moment. I like that. Yeah. Anybody else? What do you guys think of when you think of season one of Dawson's Creek? Also water. I wanted to mention Well, definitely. I cannot help (laughs) but think of the first thing that I think of and really the only thing that I think of is 
this moment that I have a sound clip for. I'm sure we'll all remember it vividly. Ah! <laughs> Literally, that, me too. <laughs> yeah, that is always going to be my favorite moment of this show. Um, it's great. And I think that that perfectly captures what I like about this show. It's kind of silly. It's not taking itself too seriously, but it's trying a little too hard at the same time. And I love it. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Jen's scream and um, Mr. Man Meat saying I choose to hate you now. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Just let's, that, that, let's hear that. Yeah, yeah I got to pull that up. <laughs> Fill some time. <laughs> yeah, that the um, hurricane episode was just, I think, I think we all rated that one highly. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. That was I think just that like, was the highest. Yeah. It was such a fever dream. Yeah, it had, had some great moments. Also, the um, the rowboat um, in the opening sequence, them jumping on the boat. Oh, yeah, the yeah, rocking. That's what, that's what comes yeah. to mind. The robo yeah. walk, rocking. Okay, I found the clip, everybody. Let's listen to Mr. Man Meat. I choose to hate you now. Oh, that's beautiful. Classic. I love that you all said we rated that highly, but I gave it like a one. Like that is <laughs> one of the worst episodes of show I've ever seen. Of show. Just of show. show in of general. Show. Worst episode show general that I it's hard for me to even imagine what them breaking the story in that writer's room of being like, okay, uh her, like it seems like they had been up, you know, you you always hear about Saturday Night Live and how it's like everyone has to stay up all night and they're writing sketches until like five or six in the morning and then it gets to like showtime and they're in that like last 12 hours. It's like scramble mode. Everyone is like rushing to figure out, okay, do we really need the sketch? Blah, 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 blah. That's how I feel like Hurricane came up, came to be because it is so bonkers the way that characters interact with each other. That's when we learned that um, uh, Grams is a racist. That's right. uh, where we learned that Joey likes to you know, put her body into a tiny little, uh, little ball and, and sit on uh, various <laughs> objects in Dawson's room. I mean, it's just like so bad and horrible and I choose to hate you now. And, uh, Mr. Mammy going, ah, sh -sh 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 -sh. it's <laughs> just all bad ideas being thrown at a dartboard. Which one did you like more hurricane or beauty contest? Uh, what did I like more as an episode of TV? I would say, oh, well, enjoyment versus criticism is for me, two very different things. What did I enjoy, Moy? Moy? What did I enjoy? Moy? I enjoy Moy. Well, what did I enjoy more? Hurricane. What was a better show? Beauty contest. Um, better you, episode. I mean, but, see, I agree that Hurricane was the best episode for this reason, maybe exclusively. Don't change the subject. This kid is being circumcised. <laughs> No, he's not. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, come on. Oh, man. When else are we going to have a an episode almost dedicated to whether or not we're going to circumcise our baby? <laughs> I need this. Again, that's just like another bad, like, oh, oh, what should these characters be doing? Well, let's give them one subject to talk about from start to finish of this episode. They're just going to sit in the corner of this uh, big living room and discuss this openly while everyone else is sitting around. Yeah. Very private discussion. No, yeah. I mean, everybody needs to have an opinion on it, I think. Everybody, look, Especially everybody Graham. should have an opinion on whether or not I <laughs> circumcise my baby. Funny, It's funny that this started with the conversation, like, what do you think of first? And uh, to be honest, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of this show is the bad ADR in Hurricane. Of oh. Just like, it just feels yeah. like this is what Dawson Creek is. It's scrambling and then making bad decisions on shooting. Like, who shoots outside during a storm <sighs> just for, like, the authentic? 
the authenticity of it to make it look like there's a storm or a hurricane happening and then later on being like oh none of our audio works so we're gonna have to re-record this right. and it's gonna <laughs> sound terrible it is a big fat oopsies and that's what season one feels like i agree there are some good ideas in season one but how they go about it uh not so good can this episode be called a big fat oopsie <laughs> <laughs> uh it should be uh, man, I mean, so I guess we should probably talk about the characters of Dawson's Creek a little bit more, shouldn't we? I mean, there's a lot of, it's funny because, you know, like we're talking about how so much happens and at the same time, so little happens. And I feel like that is reflected when we're trying to break these characters down a little bit. Like what actually happens to Dawson in this season? Can anybody tell me? If you hear, I'm sorry, if you hear eating in the background, it's none of us. Our, my, my cat is directly behind us going to town on her breakfast. Yeah, you don't have to cover for Stella. Okay, guys, all right, Stella's on her hands and knees. I do love cat food. Yeah, she, she really wanted a bowl of cereal, but we didn't have any bowls, so we put some Apple Jacks on the ground and poured milk over it. Mm, yum. Yeah. <laughs> What, it, what happened to Dawson this season? I mean, who is Dawson Leary at the end of the day from what we know at the end of season one? Who is he? He is an extremely passionate person who loves the arts, but at the same time, he doesn't know anything about the arts. Yes. He's, it's, it's almost like he's in love with the idea of being a filmmaker instead of actually being a filmmaker, which is, I feel like, explored with at the beginning of the season, he's making a film and then they never touch on that again. If, if that is because they're in the writer's room, like let's just abandon this because it's taking up way too much time of what other things that we want to do. That makes sense. But also it feels like that is who Dawson is. Right. Like he'll mm-hmm. start a project without actually thinking about doing the project and then it gets dropped. And that's it. I, I see that being reflected in his relationships, especially with Jen. He fell for Jen and then did nothing to maintain that relationship and then got upset when Jen left him. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. duh, dude. And he's only think, in love with the idea of Jen, too, yeah. not actually Jen as a person. And yeah. it, I think it would have been interesting if they actually put that in there where he was like working on the movie and then he's like, I'm done with it, you know, or yeah. just some little thing where he like actually dropped it. Right. It wasn't just like, igno- it wasn't just, yeah. And then maybe he tried to start another project or something. Just like, even just like that little bit of like, that right. would, would make sense for his character. If only we didn't get that. Yeah. yeah. I do. I mean, like I do like the, the arc that we did get with Dawson uh, and I'm divorcing that from his relationship between uh, Joey. Like, I don't really think that they should have ended up with, with the kiss. I know that's what the show wanted, but is it what I wanted? I, I don't really know if it, he deserves that, but uh, it, you know, from a, top level high level perspective the arc of dawson not being able to be emotionally mature to uh, investigate his own wants and needs and being able to explore that and finally come to terms with what he wants do i like that arc hell yes i do i thought that was nice to watch yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i think also just his reality being kind of challenged in terms of like his kind of picture perfect life being rocked by his parents relationship changing and his relationships kind of being challenged like his friendships being challenged mm-hmm. yeah and i mean on the subject of his parents let's talk about mitch and gail a little bit it starts and <laughs> the first thing we see of mr and mrs Manmeat is them 
making out on the ottoman in the living room as Dawson and Pacey come in from filming their movie in that very first episode. Um, we are hit over the head with sexuality openly, um, like being displayed, which is, you know, hey, whatever. Maybe not in front of your kids, though, and especially not in front of your your kids' friends. That might be a boundary that we can establish. And it seems like we're going to be getting a really big like featuring of of Mitch and Gale and around season episode five around hurricane it's kind of like all right well we're done with them now Mm -hmm. so where do they go like such it was so important to the story until it was no longer convenient yeah and and then after that it was like they were being shoehorned in just because to remind us you know but Yeah. yeah we didn't get much other than that a lot of the show is uh I would say a lot of the show is them making decisions way too early uh, without having figured out exactly what they want of these situations and trying to correct it later. I'm a huge fan of uh, Battlestar Galactica and Lost. Lost gets a lot of flack for people for thinking that like they thought of some ideas at the beginning and then were trying to like correct up until the end. Right. But that show was very well thought out on a high level up until the end. And just it's just weird. Whereas Battlestar Galactica, also a terrific show, but that was them just throwing a bunch of shit against the wall. And then by season four, it is absolutely yeah. bonkers and they're trying to write themselves out of it. I still think they do a pretty good job at that, but you can tell that they had no idea what they yeah. were doing in that show. It was exciting though. This feels like that where they're going to like, okay, we're going to start hot and heavy with Mitch and Gale. They're hypersexualized in this hypersexual world, but that tone kind of leaves the show. So now there's no real room for Mitch right. and Gale to be hypersexual. And it doesn't really make sense. So I think that's why they included the having their uh, potential divorce being like the low level thing. But then even after that, it's like, oh, we don't really know what to do with these characters anymore. Right. So yeah, like you said, yeah. shoehorned in. And it is, I mean, all to be the backbone of Dawson as a character and to understand his perspective more than them actually having their own agency. So what do we really learn from Mitch and Gale? It's like, that's why Dawson has a fucked up idea of like yeah. what relationships and romance is supposed to be about because his parents are so weird. It, I don't know. I, I really do hope that this trajectory of the parents like gets fleshed out more in season two and they actually become actual people instead of, just servicing Dawson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which which we, we did see. I feel like we saw a little bit of that at the end where we see Gail being the judge of the beauty contest. Yes. Mitch, you know, they're, kinda, they're not interacting with each other in that in that episode. So, you know, maybe we'll get to see more of like them as individuals later. Totally. And, and yeah, and to that, like this is a condensed, <laughs> it seems weird to say that in modern times, but this is a condensed season. This is only 13 episodes of what will continue on from here on out, be like 26 episode yeah. seasons. And that's like my favorite thing about like, you know, Star Trek or any other show that had this is like, you can have episodes where it's just going to be data. And right. maybe in the show, we're going to get an episode where it's just Gail getting stuck at the supermarket when there's another hurricane. Yeah. And so it's like her relationship with like all the people and we get to learn about uh, who is Gail. <laughs> right. And, yeah. Uh, that would be great. That I really hope that they do that, you know, and we get individual episodes on these people. I think it would be really cool to see. Remember Mitch's restaurant, that his aquatic themed restaurant. Another that he dropped. Was, another very sad. Dropped, yeah, completely yeah, gone. Theme. But it would be like it would be really fun if we return to that as an avenue to see the Leary family rebuilding itself. Like, hey, let's all mm. pull together in this and and yeah. make it happen. We could also see Joey and Bessie and Bodie and all of them kind of get wrapped <laughs> into that because and baby, of course. Um, because they're restaurateurs, right? They oh, right. would want to help out here. So I think that would be a really fun thing to see come back instead of it just being like, hey, how can we serve Dawson a little bit more? 
so cool if Bodie became the chef at yes. the aquatic restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Wearing a little octopus costume. Oh my god. <laughs> mm, can you imagine? Oh, is this the is this the gonna be the trajectory of this show? Is that Joey and Dawson get married and their families combine to create Ooh. this Ooh. chain restaurant, the oh. the, the <laughs> yeah. coral corral yes. or whatever the <laughs> fuck it's called? It better be. I love coral that. corral. Pacey yeah, what was it called? Oh, um, the um, what was it? Crusty bucket. The crab shack. Mm. That's a real thing. Uh oh, this yeah, is a good see, podcast. We can do it. We can uh, do it. Shrimp shish kebab. <laughs> shrimp shack. Um, Under um, the sea. Mm. Uh, Tuna toast. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty oh my good. God, I can't believe. I can't remember. Uh, I don't you know. You can't but, believe it. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it was, but it was it was like a, such a distinct, wasn't yeah. it? Oh man, I only said that because one year out the other, baby. Yeah. I don't remember anything. It doesn't matter. I remember talking about the name. That's but who who cares? Who cares? Let's talk about Joey. Um, you know, we just mentioned her a little bit. So, what do we know about Joey? She is, um, got a rough family life. You know, mom died of cancer. Dad cheated on her. Dad is a a drug trafficking uh, a cheater who is in prison. And Joey has basically been living with just her sister and her sister's boyfriend. As this show likes to say, her sister's black boyfriend. They really want us to know that. Um, and yeah, she's in love with her her childhood best friend. She seems smart and driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has aspirations to... Not willing to settle. Yeah. Ironically, yep. she is willing to settle for Dawson, but until she's not. Wants to get out of Cape Side. Yeah. I've said it once and I'll say it a million more times. This show should be called Joey's Creek because I'm the most invested in her character. Even though she is making the poor decision of being with Dawson at the end of the day, everything else about her character is the the most interesting to me. She's stuck in this racist shithole town and everyone hates her and her family. It's like, and she wants to get out, but she Mm -hmm. doesn't have enough money to go to college. It's like, oh, yes. Like, I want to root for that person because she's Mm -hmm. so genuine and sweet and nice and deserves to get out of this bad life situation that she's been dealt against her will let's get joey's creek going baby that feels like if we were to make a modern dawson's creek that would be the character backstory is this down on your luck and they we want to root for her to escape this shitty town like you're saying instead of dawson who is definitely not hard on his luck his family seems very well off um you know he has the world as his oyster basically is from everything we can see I, I think she also has the the best. Uh, this show is supposed to be emotional, and yeah. I think that e- even though, I mean, there's a lot to criticize in this show negatively. But I think in the f- the final episode, which we already talked about, you know, her conversation with her dad was so important and getting to know her character. She just wants to be loved. She just wants to be seen. That's how all teenagers feel, and that's why I think she is the most important character in the show. Not Dawson, who is a rich white kid. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And gets whatever he wants. If, and it felt like she, for me, she, it felt like she had the most growth in season one. Totally. Out of if you're looking at all the characters, Joey had the most growth. Yeah. I think she's the only one who had, had growth. growth. Yeah. That's kind of how I was. Like, yeah. Jen, I think, is being set up for a lot of growth going yes. into season two slash in the beginning of season two. But Joey, I mean, she actually confronts her feelings mm-hmm. for Dawson. And I mean, Yes, she also is kind of making the decision to run away from her feelings, but at least we're seeing thought. You know, we're seeing something going on behind her head. And her, like, saying how she feels to her dad was, yeah. I yeah. think she was holding a lot of that in for so long and for her to be able to mm-hmm. have the 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, courage to face those feelings. Yeah. Yep. She's someone that it's very hard for her to be vulnerable. She's always crossing her arms. She's always shrugging everything off and does not like to confront those hard feelings. So right. to see her actually, you know, breaking those walls down was such a huge moment for her. And it sucks that we're not getting those kind of moments of catharsis with other characters. Hopefully we'll see that in the future. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. And also, I don't know if we, I don't think we talked about this in our last app, but we we don't really know if Joey does go on her trip and she could be, you know, not really running away and mm-hmm. staying there and processing more of her feelings with Dawson and her dad. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe building a relationship it, with her dad. Even if she does go, maybe she goes and processes her feelings while she's away too. I'll, since we're on the topic of Joey, I think it's important to talk about Bessie Bodie and the forgotten baby. Uh, Alexander. And I mean, Bodie to that too. Is his name Alexander? I'll always oh, forget that. Yeah. Name. Uh, <laughs> but the last, I feel like the last time we saw Bodie was when Bessie gave birth and Bodie was going to go to a uh, French restaurant yep. to get a yeah. second job. And we just have not, never heard He never came back. No, yeah, he, he's still at the interview. He was using the bathroom at one point, but we didn't actually see oh, yes. him. Because yeah. he, er, right? <laughs> I, and I think that's just what, what Joey's been saying to Bessie. Oh, he's just in the, the he's just in the bathroom. I don't <laughs> with the baby. He's been yeah. in there for a long time. He's been in there for uh, three months, I think. But it must be pretty bad in there. But he's just there. I promise. Oh, you know what's happening? He's trying to circumcise the baby himself. Oh, oh God! Oh, using a bar of soap. He's yes. made a soap knife. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, Big deleted scene. Yeah, I saw it. Oh my God! Yeah. Lift to tell the tale. <laughs> All right, well, before we come back and talk about Jen, we're going to take a commercial break for this episode. We'll see you on the other side. There are only a few certainties I have in this life. One is that Dawson's movie will more than likely not get accepted into that Boston Film Festival. And two, that all you creek freaks out there are the best fans a podcast can have. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you, which is why it would mean the world to us if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show. While there are trillions of stars in the Cape Side sky, there are only five that mean the world to us. It would help a whole lot, and we would never choose to hate you. Like Dawson's dad, we would choose to love you forever, and that is a promise. And we're back, and let's talk about everyone's favorite New York... Uh, expat Jennifer Jennifer <laughs> I she was my favorite character in the beginning of the show I was expecting that to persist and that she would be my favorite character for the entire season and that stopped pretty quickly like I think probably by probably by around hurricane is when Jen started to fall off and just become a Dawson patsy basically just a, a vehicle to explore love of Dawson it annoyed me I think especially after they broke up, those last few episodes were with Jen were really unfortunate, really disappointing. Yeah. I did love her persistence, though, in trying to be friends with Joey. Yeah. Like that, you know, shined through, I think, throughout the whole season. I just wish that it would have come to, you know, fruition more. Very persistent. Yeah, it's it's hard for, for me, again, to... Uh, divorce two things in this where it's Jen is a uh, a very interesting 
feminine character that is uh, so progressive in her relationship to other characters in the show and to herself in that she wants to be independent and she doesn't want to be weighed down by her relationships and she wants to be friends with other women instead of competing with them and like all the stuff and it's so great and her character like we're all saying falters by the fact that by the end of this she just falls into the trap of like only giving a shit about being back with Dawson and there's nothing really much to that story and I, I'm wondering is that again that's my confusion is this good writing on like her character is like oh right. like she's a hypocrite and that's sad and we're gonna see her grow out of that or is it the other side of that where it's like just lazy writing and it's like well whatever like we're just gonna forget about who jen was as a person and she's never gonna actually accomplish the goals of what her arc what that structure is and i don't really know what that is but like you said, Jen, like when she came in, I was like, fuck yes, dude. Like what a great character. And it's sad how she ended up by the end of the season. In a way, it feels kind of, to your point, like it could actually be intentional because I definitely knew people who were very independent, who stood on their own two feet and didn't expect anybody to give them anything. And then something happens in their life and all of a sudden that independence is gone and now they're actually reliant on the people in their lives. Kind of the way that Jen is now relying on Dawson's approval or Dawson's attraction in some ways for her, seemingly for her self-worth, um, at least in that final episode. So is it intentional? That's a great question, and I don't know the answer to it because it doesn't feel like it is. It feels like it's more just a result of needing Dawson to be this on a pedestal kind of. She's not like they, – they gave us Billy and they gave us Grams and those – uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what's funny? There was that uh, big preacher in the 90s named Billy Graham. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. why his name's Billy. <laughs> Graham? That's funny. Billy Graham, yeah. Grams. Billy Grahams. Um, so B- Billy, like we're given Billy to show like what the dark side of yeah. her relationship with men has been. And we're given Grams to show her relationship with religion and spirituality and her family. And it's it's so funny to me that the Billy stuff actually fa- falters. Like there's no point to that at the end of the day because it really just becomes her falling into that pattern again. But with Dawson and then with Grams, uh, that ends up like a yeah. shit sandwich by the end of her acknowledging the existence of God when that's been her big rejection throughout the season. It's made as a tool possibly to be her choosing religion over her atheism or maybe it's just her trying to comfort her grandma. We got into it in the last, listen to the last episode. We got into it, but uh, who is Jen? I still don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she was almost the most stagnant for me. It was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the end, so, where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going girl? <laughs> and, and, but I, yeah, I think she is kind of lost. I yeah, think that definitely. is part of it. Yeah, It is. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm excited to kind of see what happened I'm, with all of them, but I, mm-hmm. I want to learn more about Jen's aspirations and maybe more about like her relationships with her family members. I yeah. wonder if we'll yeah. ever like kind of get more of that. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, that we, we, we get to know quite a bit about Grams through season one. Obviously, for, you know, for obvious reasons, we don't learn much about Grams because he's a vampire. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think it's interesting that we have not learned anything about her her biological parents, you know, why haven't we ever seen her talking on the phone with them, getting a letter? Yeah, They're so checked out in a way that of, of like country club trust fund families that it leaves a lot of questions. So it would be interesting to your point, Stella, what's that like? Obviously they shipped her off. So it's not like the best relationship, but at the same time, 
they're trying to look out for her and give her a better life. So they do care about her. Yeah, it's not like they shipped her off to a school. They shipped right. her off to a family member. Right. So to look after you her. You know, yeah, to look after her. To that, I want to also talk about the comparing and contrasting Joey and Jen is we end with Joey's arc with her given the opportunity to go somewhere else for her to grow up. And it's interesting that Jen, that's the beginning of Jen's journey. Right. Uh, Jen's journey yes. is her going to a new place to grow up. Yeah. And we see mm-hmm. that she doesn't. She falls back into her old traps, whether that's the point or not of who yeah. she should be. I don't know. But maybe that is foreshadowing possibly Joey if she is to leave. Does she learn anything when she comes back? Is she going to be a different person? If she even does. Right. Mm-hmm. And that hmm. I hadn't actually thought about that. That's very um, like astute because that's yeah. basically the exact same thing that Joey is now facing. Huh? Also, Billy when, went and followed Jen. You know, he's kind of like the Dawson in that right. scenario. Right. Like he like Jen left him in New York. Right. <laughs> And you know, he comes chasing after her. Oh yeah, God. he goes chasing after her. I know we're gonna we're gonna later get into like what we think is gonna happen in season two, but I just want to say right now, what if the first episode of season two is a very fake France? Yeah, and uh, Dawson went to France. Yeah, and Dawson yeah. shows up. <laughs> oh my! Can you imagine? Bonjour. Da- <laughs> <laughs> or no, he's going to film a movie yeah. in France, <laughs> but he's secretly stalking Joey. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best fake episode of television yeah. I can imagine. He just is, God, his stupid little, like we've talked about his, uh, we're not like body shaming him, but we're shaming how he, they dress him. Yes. And it's like him like standing around this. like a toddler. Yeah. And like, I want to see him dress like a toddler in oh front of the Eiffel Tower being like, Joey, Joey, <laughs> mommy. <laughs> It'd be so rich. So, yeah, so I was going to talk about this later, but yeah. So the way that, that Dawson carries his style, this is one of my, this is one of my least favorite, like, wardrobe parts you know elements of this season so like baggy clothes are are a 90s thing right Mm. so like it's a thing and i so i understand the choice in his style but i hate how like the clothes wear him it's not him wearing the clothes which is totally i think that's that could be part of his character he's like he he kind of has this childish way of being and acting and like i almost i wonder if they directed him to to stand that way in these clothes because that those can look really really cool in the 90s but it's about how you wear them, totally. you know, the baggy style. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. that is a, probably a point of direction. I Well, I should say, yeah. I hope that <laughs> I hope. is a point of direction. <laughs> and because, maybe it'll change. Because he you know? does a lot of like f- pulling his sleeves down, you know, like mm-hmm. whenever you're wearing a, a shirt that's a little too big for you and you got the the cuff in your palm and you're kind of like pulling on him. He oh, does yeah, that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he does that kind of like kicking your pant legs because they're just a little bit yep, too and floppy. He, yeah. And he's he kinda, got that body language <laughs> yeah. of like a little boy, which... I can't imagine that's his natural posture. Feels ha- no. like it has to be put on. Stella's that, offended. Uh, oh, no, just uh, I, I you said that you hated that when the little <laughs> sleeves. I think it's so cozy. Uh, and you yeah. have your little like well, finger yeah. through the little like oh, yeah. uh button hole. Yeah. Cozy. For me, it's like I uh for those that don't know what I look like, imagine a toddler grow like being <laughs> exploded into like a bigger size. <laughs> I it is impossible for me to find a long sleeve shirt that fits me because my body is rotund and my arms are like that of a T-Rex. <laughs> so all of my sleeves hang about a foot lower than my hand. And so I have to cuff everything that I own. Right. Yeah. Um, so if I were to not do that, I would look like Dawson constantly <laughs> everywhere I go. Um, so I hope that we get a little bit of, I hope that in season two, when we come back to it with Jen, we get, some uh 
clarity around the religion thing. You know, yeah, what I mean? absolutely. Yeah. Because otherwise, I feel like they really undermined her entire trajectory. And I was traditionally saying that Joey was getting the worst writing and the worst direction of the show, but I would change that to Jen if that's the way that it goes. And we have just completely thrown out everything that we have for this character, unless they are, to your point, Cody, using it all as a way to show that despite this change, she is still falling back into her old, old habits, which is seeking comfort from those around her rather than seeking comfort from within. Shall we talk about Pacey, everybody's favorite? <laughs> oh, my God. Town clown. Do you guys remember Band fave. how much we hated Pacey? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Wow. We got, I'm sure you listeners remember, but uh, I think we got into a little bit of trouble with some people with how much we really <laughs> didn't like Pacey. Yeah, I know. One uh, <laughs> one iTunes or it's Apple podcast Whatever. Uh, reviewer said um, that they didn't like that we were talking about Pacey uh in like because he was the victim of Tamara. Yes. But I don't I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. No. I hated Pacey because he was a gross, horny boy with or without Tamara. Yeah. Like even if she wasn't in the picture, he is this sticky, sickly, pale, horny, sweaty yeah. boy. Like he's like every 15 year old in 1998 wrapped into one singular. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, you can d- just smell yeah. the hormonal BO. Yes, absolutely. And talk about, you know, clothing choices too. Like he just looks like someone that's never had to dress himself. Like his, <laughs> he just his, like throws on a bowling shirt or something. And yes. it, like, it probably <laughs> stinks. And yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, my God, if he sat in front of you in class and oh. those, like, beginning episodes, you just know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what a glow up. Though. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, Joey is probably my favorite character, but I, I think maybe for all of us, like, the amount that our opinion has oh, changed yeah. of Pacey, like, I love him so much more and mm-hmm. he... He's probably like right up there with Joey. I'm just like so excited to see kind of what happens with his character, and I think he's can be really funny and really sweet. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm excited about Pacey. And I think that he had uh, after Joey had the most growth. I Me, mean, he had he had less, like a little bit of growth. Yeah. But I think if you're if we're like rating the, the growth, it's Joey and then Pacey. I think mm-hmm. I agree. So well, we're invested Pacey, in his. Journey. Yeah, I mean, we don't see much growth, but I think we we see the starts of a lot of growth yes. with Pacey. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really, really enjoy uh, like Pacey in this later season or the, the later part of the season in the beginning. I think if we rewatch this now, I'd still fucking hate Pacey. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he's disgusting. Like we're talking about, but my question for you all is, do we like Pacey in the later season because of Joshua Jackson? Like did Joshua Jackson salvage Pacey like we're talking about, he can be funny. He's got this really charming performance. If we replaced Joshua mm. Jackson with, I don't know, Channing Tatum. <laughs> Whoopsies, I don't know why I said that name. But like, what happens if we recast Joshua Jackson or if we recast Pacey? Is he still a good character by the end or is he not? I think, I don't think it was salvaged by Joshua Jackson's decisions with the character i think it was the writing because like we've talked about these episodes hitting the reset button i think after tomorrow that was the big it's like before and after tomorrow it is the reset button for that character because he's gross horny boy up until that and then like sexuality is still important to him but it's never like his leading guiding light for everything in his world and 
I, th- I do think Joshua Jackson is a great actor because as gross as the character is of Pacey, he played that character well at the beginning. He yeah. mm-hmm. did a great job of being a gross horny boy. And then later on where he they've hit the reset button, he's supposed to be charming and kind of goofy and sad. He kills it. He knocks yeah. it out of yeah. the park. His so, line deliveries are great. Like yeah, yeah, like that that moment where he's with the baby and he's you know mm, oh re- my God. reciting the dialogue yeah. from English patient <laughs> made like, me cry when James yeah. cried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it was so charming, and he did that just as well as he unfortunately did that part of him being like, yeah, I want to go to the girls' locker room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he was played by someone else, uh, Channing Tatum, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I I think. I don't think Channing Tatum would, would have done as good of a job as Joshua Jackson. Um, <laughs> right. Trying to but, think of someone else during that time that like another actor during the nineties that could like, I, oh, I don't you know. know. Who, like, it, well, think, yeah, like uh, an equivalent. Oh my God. Um, what about, um, what about Dean from Gilmore girls? Jared Packard. Oh yeah. Padalecki. Padalecki. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That from, been... uh, he was also in supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that casting. Yeah. And I, I mean, I couldn't see him doing the scuzzy thing though. That would be where he would rub mm-hmm. off. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. But let let's talk about. Can we talk about Dougie? <laughs> we, Do we, we Dougie? have to? Uh, we need to talk about Dougie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have. I don't think I've had quite a one eighty on a character. I felt so bad for Dougie in that, <laughs> for in Hurricane because he was just basically being. Um, gaslit into being gay and queer shamed by Pacey. Whether or not he is gay, we do not know. All we know is that Pacey is constantly accusing him of being gay and being ashamed of it. And that really was uncomfortable to watch. Um, but then, goddamn, he is just such a scumbag. Like, I don't want him, I don't want to feel sorry for him, and I also don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he's one example of the reason we know that Pacey's family, quote, hates him. Like, yeah. the, he's, like, the only example we've seen so far. So he's, like, perpetuating that, that you know, for yeah. for Pacey, what we know of Pacey. So he's scummy, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dougie's the only evidence of his family. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So he has to represent all the things that Joshua, Joshua Jackson, yep. uh, all the things that Pacey doesn't like about the Witters. And I, I never necessarily felt bad for Dougie because he was like, even in hurricane, that's the episode where he pulls out a gun, (laughs) puts it in Joshua Jackson's face. Um, man, I I keep calling Pacey Joshua Joshua Jackson as if they're interchangeable. And that's how people get typecast. Um, (laughs) very sad. Sorry, Joshua Jackson, if you're listening, Uh, I'm sure he is, but Dougie is such an interesting character to me because yes, he is being, uh, queer shamed, but he's a, a bad man. Like he's a very bad person. So he's one of the few people in the show that does have some kind of weird gray area where you can feel bad for them at the same time as being like, well, they're still a sack of shit too. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which like Miss Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Tammy's a little, yeah, a little bit similar in that way. Why is everybody in Pacey's orbit these like broken, half good, <laughs> half bad, you know, like very du- dual personalities? Mm-hmm. Good question. Why is it that out of the core four uh, characters are mostly gray and actually like interesting fleshed out people that have good and bad qualities to them. Whereas like, it seems like the core four are stagnant and are just like, we're the good guys. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're everyone. stable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're <Yeah>. not stable. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about clip. Got to talk about clip. Yeah. 
your, your boy. Cody. He's my guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, everyone's gonna make fun of me for liking Cliff, but Cliff, his he kind of reminds me of um, Luke in Gilmore Girls. Here's where I go at the beginning of Gilmore Girls. Uh, Luke is very smart and like a leftist and like thinks about workers' rights and he's charming and cool and stuff. And by the end of Gilmore Girls, he doesn't know what pregnancy is. Uh, so very strange for that. Cliff starts off being like he he's he's he knows movies, so he's like well rounded while he plays football. Um, sure, his movie for like f- the football movie that he wants to make isn't very good, but at least he has like an idea of like how to make a movie and it's uh, right. well thought out versus. Uh, Dawson who's like I've got ideas but doesn't really act on them uh, Cliff is like he takes you know Jen out to the dance and yeah. he's like kind and treats her with respect whereas Dawson is yeah and Dawson screams at them you know it's like when you have that compare and contrast you're like yeah Cliff is a pretty cool guy but then by the end of the show he's like yeah I'm gonna violently attack Jen throughout the entire day because I hear that she <laughs> likes excitement like he his character is so different from beginning to end yeah it is mind-blowing I I can only assume this is like where he leaves this show too. Is, is Cliff a triplet? Because <laughs> they went on three first dates. That's yeah. true too. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I wonder to. if like Cliff and those episodes were a different Cliff each time. Well, I think he's just had some CTEs. You know, he's just had oh, he's that's taken true. a couple too many hits to the head in football. <laughs> that's true. And yeah. You know, we're just seeing him slowly regress over the course of the season. He probably right after we first met him, he got his first concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I like there's something really char I know, I know, like, oh Cliff, he's so stupid. But like there's something so uniquely charming about how nice it is that in that episode where he has the house party, he is like, Oh, do you think Jen could come? And Dawson is like, Oh, I got, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I'm dating her. He's like, Oh, you can come too. That'd be so great. Like there's no yeah. version of his character where he's like, fuck you dick. Like she's my girl yeah. or anything yeah. like that. He's like, Oh, that's so great to know. Well, you're welcome to come too. What a sweet, nice man. What a sweet, nice mm-hmm. man. Love Cliff. I wonder if he'll be in season two. I hope he does, but it doesn't really seem like he will. Yeah. Be. Yeah. 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 I know that, um, we're going to have some new, more consistent characters, um, I think, starting in season two. So I wonder if those will kind of replace our little throwaway characters. Like, right? Maybe there'll be one similar to Cliff, Cliff's vibe or something. I, yeah, I wonder. Abby, Abby? <laughs> well, I want more Abby. Yeah, I hope we see Abby again. She was the highlight of the season for me. I that episode, like, I wasn't crazy about the detention episode, but she was like the high point of that. Like, just a Machiavellian weirdo. <laughs> I'll keep the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make out for me, baby. Uh, orgies on ecstasy. Like Sexy, everything about her. voice. Oh, so fun. And then she was also in Double Date, right? Is that the Was that the episode yes, she came back? The pregnancy for episode. The, was that? No, Road Trip. Road Trip. Road Trip. Yes. 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 When the guys left and they mm-hmm. had the, yeah. Yeah, no, I think she was, she is the kind of character that I think we need, like a fast talking, smarmy, snarky mm-hmm. character who isn't afraid to give people shit and isn't afraid to call people out because we don't have really anybody like mm-hmm. that in this show. Everybody is like very too, I would say two faced in a way because they don't ever really talk about anything that bothers them until it's done and it's passed. And they're usually like articulating it to other people. 
Totally. Uh, what was the girl's name from the beginning of this? Nelly. 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 Yeah. I feel like um, Nelly sucked because she was so one note with mm-hmm. her being kind of mean. But with with Abby Morgan, she's so charismatic. Yeah. With it, yep. it's so much fun. Yeah. Nelly was just a mean girl prototype. Yeah. You know, yeah. Archetype. I mean, and and at least Abby is slightly nuanced because it seems like she thinks she is this kind of uh, hot shit. At least that's the way they're trying to make her look. She's some kind of like heart, hot shit. But then at the same time, nobody really likes her. <laughs> you know, she's kind of like on the fringe seemingly. Mm-hmm. I like that character. Okay, cool. Well, why don't we talk about some of the fine details? We've been kind of looking at the show through a pretty zoomed out lens, slowly getting more refined. But this being a 90s show, looking back 25 years, it's also fun to kind of look at 90s culture, at least as this, uh, of from look at this show as a view into 90s culture. We had some great fashion wardrobing, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll talk about more. Mal, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I just I wanted to talk about how I, I felt like the wardrobe department really delivered with textures this season. Um, we got corduroy fleece, yeah. leather, suede, velvet, and even some gemstones with a beauty contest. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I, I do miss Nellie's iconic, bright, colorful 90s style because yeah. her style was just like very iconic of the 90s. So I, I hope we get a character in season two that kind of delivers that same vibe style-wise. Yeah, it was kind of just one color yeah. palette. And we didn't get mu- much of it. Like we didn't get anyone else this season that really had that that right. style. So and I would say everybody kind of had the same style. Yeah, which like, I uh, liked. I, I'm excited sure, to see. cohesive. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see how the styles of the core fort change and see if we'll still see that through line of them like repeating piece the same pieces of clothing but like with their new styles possibly and you know I'm sure we'll see some new haircuts so yeah yeah I think while their styles are similar I think everyone does have like a very unique Definitely. version of that oh, style yeah. to oh, yes. themselves and yeah. I I I really like that they take particular care to make sure that like oh this is so joey or this is Definitely. so dawson with their costuming yeah and yeah, i hope they never... keep doing that mm-hmm. sorry yeah you okay. could you you wouldn't ever find dawson wearing pacey's clothing oh no for example <laughs> yeah. like no. wearing a bowling shirt walking around in those baggy ass pants <laughs> no 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 i uh the music can we talk about yeah. the music yeah we got some 90s bangers we also got a lot of shit <laughs> like not a I was expecting, thinking of this show, that we would get, like, nothing but earworms, and I would be thrown back a lot more than I was. And I would say probably every other episode, maybe every three episodes, we got hit by something like, I'll be, I'll be, or, <laughs> you know, or or something like, you know, Superman by Goldfinger. Like, we definitely got some of these big songs, but not as many as I was expecting. What about you guys? Yeah, when they did have some really great needle drops, it was so <laughs> fun, and I had wish I wish there was like a lot more of that. Um yeah, it was like so hit and miss. It Definitely. was just like, yeah, some eps were like, okay. Yeah, it was right. I what mean like doing? the Savage Garden song at the yep. dance that was really exciting. Deeply. I think that was the first needle drop that was yeah. like, yeah. But it, it yeah. seemed like they're they had a budget for like the big songs. Like so yeah. we got like two Savage Garden songs and I think that might have been tied into them being signed to like Warner brothers right. for American distribution. So it's like, Oh, that's like an easy tie in saves them some money. But then the, you know, the big guns, baby, like angel by Sarah sure. McLaughlin or Tub thumping by Chumbo. Oh, yeah. Yes. Definitely, like yeah. Bl- you know, blink one, two, <laughs> yeah. like these are the bangers, but for right. the rest, yeah, it sounded like public domain filler <laughs> music. Yeah. yeah. They hired a dude who could play both guitar and keyboards. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I don't know, do something. Yeah. And he's just like, make okay. a pop song that sounds like this yeah. band. And, very fake but even that the 
the actual uh, like score of this show was so bizarre to me because I, I still don't think like the show does not have an uh, there's no audio language to it yet. There, no. There's no mm-hmm. Dawson's theme. There's no right. Joey theme. It's very generic sounding to me. Um, sometimes at least it's okay because it's like feels very background noise to me. It doesn't really do anything. But then other times, like the the beauty pageant episode was so in your face and told you how to feel, and it was so grotesque. And then other times it sounds like the doinky, uh, like rom com, like that twangy guitar yes. stuff. It's so weird. I wish I I hope that they fix that. <laughs> and like it has like its own language. I hope so too because it it's the kind of character that would really benefit from it. Think like Do- sorry, think like Twin Peaks. Laura Palmer has a theme that is yeah, used yeah. to in in like impart emotion not just for the character when she's on screen but also just in general, right? So mm-hmm. like they could do something like that. It also really fits the melodrama of the show. So why not lean into it if you're going to lean into these stylistic elements that you're really leaning into everywhere else? Heightened dialogue, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I know uh, the composer John Williams gets a lot of flack because his music can be kind of interchangeable with the movies that use him as uh, the composer for those films. But you watch a lot of these new Star Wars TV shows and you're like, right. wow, this like feels like there's something missing to it. And then you watch an old Star Wars movie and you're like, oh, that's why. Mm. Like the music is so important to like the Empire, like having yeah. the da 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 Like everyone has their own theme and it's so impactful to what those things are that when you get to something like Dawson's Creek and you get like Joey and the only accompaniment, it's just yeah. like, okay. Typical sappy, sad music. Yeah, there's there's no oomph there. There's no motif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there really isn't. Speaking of no oomph and no motif, <laughs> cinematography on this show was pretty basic through most of it, but then they started to kind of explore things. So it was fun to watch mm-hmm. them kind of, I mean, I know that nobody on this show was like their first project. They all had a career before coming to this, but I do feel like the show is coming into its own by the end of it. They're trying things like tracking shots. They're trying, you know, interesting dolly shots and things like that They that they were not doing in the beginning where they're just like, hey, camera guy, stand there and um, sh- shoot that, you know, and that's all they would do, just these like still static shots. Yeah, more often than not, the image is very... Uh the composition is flat. Everything is overly lit. There's yeah. nothing really interesting happening with the characters and they're blocking. So it's just like people standing around, everything's overly lit and it's just flat, 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 flat. The only really interesting thing about that is at least with it being shot on film, there's a texture to the image that feels tangible right. and it, it's good to look back on it. It feels authentic. But if if this was like a Netflix show, which often are just shot digitally and, it, and it's the same kind of thing, just like a flat, overly lit static image, it's boring to look at and it sucks. So like without that, like you got nothing. But like you said, as the show went along, they're taking more risks. They're mm-hmm. doing interesting things with the camera pulling in and out of Dawson's window uh, with, the sh- with you know, the final episode closing on that dolly out shot with the yeah. shadows on the, yeah. on the window. So like it was, it, it's pretty. Like I yeah. hope we get more of that in the Evolve. I think we will. I really have a feeling that we're going to come into season two. Big budget. Yeah, they're yeah. going to get yeah. renewed with a big budget. They've already secured a lot of stuff, so hopefully it's just going to get better from here. Um, but dialogue. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like in the first few eps, there was a lot of uh, interesting dialogue that we all were like, what is this? And yeah. um and it, it it was pretty like jam packed in the first few where it was just like they all kind of sounded the same and saying like just talking in weird uh euphemisms is that the yeah. word i want to use yeah. i don't know oh, sure yeah do you feel like, like you got used to it 
because well, I don't know. Continue that, right? I don't. What do I you feel think? like it got less so. Like yeah. there were still bits of it, but it was not less, as like intense. heavy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. wonder though because I feel like it's still there, but I think I just kind of stopped caring about it as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it, can't it, tell it because they really hit it hit us hard over the head in those first three episodes of being like. Listen here now, Governor. I'm gonna blah, 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 blah. you know I've got a Bing Bong and a Doodle Like everything is just very like yeah. okay. We're just using inside vernacular, and everybody's got their thing that they say. And then by the end of it, it's like this is just the way these people fucking talk. I guess I don't know. I think they tuned it like they turned it down a little bit. Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in that first episode, everyone is talking like a noir character in the '40s. Yeah. By now, it's like maybe one line of dialogue within a scene is going to have someone speaking with like a fun little euphemism or a yeah. double entendre, but mm-hmm. it, and not, not as quick as it used to be either. Sure. But the show definitely came in hot being like, we want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to have extremely stylized dialogue while being a realistic teen melodrama. And it's, that's not going to work out no. if you want one or the other. No, unfortunately not. And speaking of things working out or not, should we talk about our ratings over the course of this season? <laughs> Um, Absolutely. So, you know, people who may may be aware of this, you can go over to our website, freaksandcreeks.com, and we actually have a page dedicated to our ratings of each and every episode. Um, so freaksandcreeks.com backslash ratings. You can see all of our individual ratings as well as the average rating for each episode along this season. Um, but let's quickly just talk about, you know, using that data, we calculated an average rating for season one which is, can we get a drum roll, please? 3.33, which is, I'd say, representative, right? Pretty mixed, leading towards good. How do we feel about that? Does that feel, like, reflective? Yeah, Yeah, I would say it's better than middle of the road, but it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... um, I think that's, like, pretty high praise for a first season of a show. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at my overall started out strong, had a low dip, was uh, pretty steady for a while in high ratings, and then it just went downhill. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the scare, which we all liked. Yes. I feel like we all overall liked the scare and detention the most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting looking at this. You know, our our highest rated episode. Hurricane as well. It's Hurricane. Yeah. But that's really because Stella broke the rules and she's a very bad girl and she went to jail for a little while after that. Um, I was canceled. Yeah, she got canceled then. Um, If we remove that, our highest rated episode is the detention episode, which is interesting because I feel like we really had a lot of thoughts on that episode. We were pretty critical. Cody, I remember you were basically um, Mm -hmm. a very angry man. You were yelling at all of us, telling us we had no taste. Um, I just think there's a difference between homage and <laughs> ripping off and I'll stand by it. And I agree, you yeah. know, but it was but still fun. It was a very, very fun, fun episode. And I think that that really kind of highlights, I don't know if, how, if you would agree with all this, everybody. So please disagree with me if you don't, but this, that highlights this episode or this show for us. It is a very enjoyable show to watch. That is got a lot of problems that you kind of have to look past, you know, like it's, the dialogue's weird. It's got some problematic shit. It's not actually all that good, but I can't help but think about it and want to watch more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. On the same subject, let's talk about our lowest rated episode here. Um, 
Beauty contest. Yeah, mm -hmm. beauty contest. By a long shot. Yeah. 1.13 <laughs> is the average rating <laughs> that wow. we hosts gave that episode. And speaking, and that was a fan favorite, apparently. Yeah, we like, got... Which is odd, yeah. We got a little bit of heat from yeah. the listeners on, on, <laughs> on us panning that episode. So, hey, I, I want to first just say I'm sorry <laughs> if we really hate uh, something about this show that you love. It, but... We uh, are coming at it from a very fresh perspective and from a very maybe different point of view than than a lot of the listeners have. So just enjoy the differences in opinion that we have because I would also say that as low as we rated that episode, it's one of my favorite episodes in the entire season. Do we agree? Oh, yeah. It's a nightmare, but it's an enjoyable nightmare. I don't ever want to watch that episode again. <laughs> oh, neither do I, but it's <laughs> it warms my heart. It's... <laughs> I want to forget that song forever. Oh, it'll never get out of our heads, though. <laughs> You know, I know Cody, you'll probably know this. Manos, Hands of Fate. You guys know this cult Absolutely. movie? Mm -mm. It's a movie that is one of the first examples of like, so bad, it's good. Everybody wants to watch this movie and make fun of it. And even though it is one of the worst films of all time, it's just so enjoyable to watch. That's how I feel about Beauty Contest. It's like a torture movie that I love you know it's like i want to watch that and throw popcorn at my tv and have a sing-along just like we did in the episode so yeah yeah if this is like if it was you know a, a rocky horse screening it would be a bunch of people in the crowd with vaseline on their teeth yes uh, <laughs> everyone do like sing on my own we'd um, all have a interesting speech about why we uh, deserve to be mrs Win miss windjammer sorry she didn't get married when she wins the award <laughs> Though, you know, that wouldn't be too out of place in this Cape side that we that we think exists. Yeah, for me, it's uh, th that and Hurricane are like encapsu it encapsulate my feelings for, uh, you know, Man of the Hands of Fate, The Room, Troll 2. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. put these in there because it is Unique. very strange. Yeah. And so good and so bad all at the same time. Well, what, do you have the overall rating for episode 13? I do, yeah. So it, when we're recording this, we haven't released it yet, but I have the rating. We have given that one an average rating of 2.28, which places it in the lower third of uh, of the episodes, but not the, well, it's the second lowest I think it's episode. the second lowest, yeah. 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 So, you know, not Makes good. sense to me. Well, I think one of the reasons a lot of people will be critical of our review of this show is I, I think a lot of people view this show in... Uh, with the outlook of shipping characters that they right. like and they want them to be together. And so I think for people that really wanted Joey and Dawson to be there, be together by the end of this first season, they probably loved these episodes and leading mm -hmm. up to the finale, whereas we're a little more indifferent and talking about other things. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be a little different. Yeah. Hold on. We'll get there. It's going to be okay. It's, it's, everything's going to be okay. You'll get through it. It's okay. So I know we have the average rating for the season, but I also want to know your individual ratings. How do we feel? Do we want to give the season a rating, one out of five? Uh, one, uh, one out of five, my... Uh, I mean, sorry, between one and five. <laughs> we don't all need to rate it one out of five. <laughs> <laughs> From one to five, uh, I would say that my general consensus is going to be a 2.5 out of five. It's yeah. right in the middle. Yep. It's... It's there's some great things. There's some really terrible things. This is not a good season of television, but I it kept me interested and I still watched it. Like I was saying before we even recorded, I watched the new Hellraiser. Was it good? Absolutely not. Did I still watch the whole thing? Were there still things that were okay about it? Sure. And that's what this first season is. And I'm happy to hear and report that people that have talked to us about the show have said the first season is the worst yeah. and it gets way mm -hmm. better from here. Yep. So if this is the lowest point, I'm all for it. 
Yeah, I'm going with the 2.5 as well. Same thought, like for a first season, middle of the road, I'm not going to give it a high rating because, again, we've heard that this is one of the worst seasons, so 2.5, you know. It's funny because I looked at my average, which was a 3.7, and then, of course, the group average is 3.3, but no, it's, yeah, I'm definitely going to go lower with (laughs) 2.5. Yeah, I'm I'm teetering right now. I think I'm going to say... 2.75. 2.75. Ooh, wow. Um, yeah. It, overall, it was fun. Overall, I was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish there had been more, uh, like, weirder episodes. Like, I, Hurricane, the more I think about Hurricane, I, I just loved that episode so much because it was so bonkers. I wish there had been mm. more of that. More hot messes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm, ex- I, I'm excited to keep going. I am concerned because I was looking at Reddit last night. I didn't get any spoilers. Oh, no. No, no Don't spo- go to Reddit, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I saw people, there was like a, a what do you call them? A uh, post? Uh, like a thread, sure, whatever. Um, yeah. where people talked about how they rated the seasons. Oh, oh. interesting. And people had season one, um, kind of like midway. The, people were saying the worst were like the last seasons. Hmm. So I'm kind of curious okay. about that. And yeah, I wonder if it's just a disappointing ending for those people, and so they they rate it lower, like you're saying, Cody. <laughs> lower. I also yeah. I, I also wonder if it too, because for so many people, this show is going to be different things. Because right now, these characters are in high school, and right. they're going to have to age out of high school, and they're eventually going to have to go to like college or whatever the fuck. How they keep them in Cape Side, yeah. we'll find out. But I, I'm sure, like Boy Meets World or any other show that has to deal with that same kind of trajectory, I wonder if people rate it lower the later seasons because they're like i just wish we were in cape side right and it's not mm. really thinking about like the writing or narrative or anything like that it's more like oh i miss the vibes when they were still in high school mm-hmm. oh interesting yeah well, well or it's all dog shit we, we'll, we'll find see. out we will in find 10 out. years <laughs> <laughs> all right so i am going to be rating season one of dawson's creek Two out of five, I guess I will be the detractor here and give it the lowest rating. Um, Look, I want to be clear. I I did enjoy this show. I'm glad that I watched it. I think if I ask myself that question, am I happy that I watched Dawson's Creek season one? Yeah, I am. I I was very curious about what the show was. Um, I'm glad to know what it is now to have some actual frame of reference. And I really did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to continuing the show. That said, it was a bad season. I'm sorry. It just, it just was, I did. I really can't help but feel like I don't know why I watched a lot of what I watched. Um, a lot of the writing felt very convenient. Like it was just kind of treading water. Um, but like I said, I think a lot of that was also because they weren't sure if this is going to be renewed for another season or even if maybe they wanted it to be renewed for another season. So, you know, I, I really enjoyed parts of it. I had to find games though for myself to play to make it enjoyable which is partly why i talked about vampires nearly every episode um because for me that's what it took to really stay invested in the characters and the show (laughs) is to make a fantasy land so what do you mean there aren't vampires in cape side oh no they're definitely vampires okay 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 
I think it's just it's clear as day. Uh, anybody can see it. It's there. I mean, if you are denying it, it's probably because you're being paid by the vampire mafia that exists <laughs> in Cape Side. So yeah, I mean, two out of five. I know that sounds harsh. I really want to reiterate. I enjoyed this show. I want to keep watching it. If you love this show, please don't cancel me. I'm a good boy. I promise. But I just I just didn't enjoy this season. Yeah, uh, enjoyment and uh, critical thinking are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. There are plenty of things that I know are not good that I really like, and there are pl- uh, plenty, plenty of things that I think are extremely good, uh, but that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, that's mm-hmm. totally okay. And I'm critical of all sorts of things that I love. That's just the way it is. The one thing I'm not critical of, though, is King Gizzard. <laughs> I will never be critical <laughs> of King Gizzard. They can do no wrong. But I think that... If if I can, I know I'm going to go briefly off topic here, but I, I wanted to just talk about this. This is something that Cody brought up in the beginning, and I wanted to throw this out there because um, I think it's relevant to what we were just talking about. But watching this show for the podcast does kind of change the way that I view the show just a little bit because instead of just watching it once, I, if I just watched it once and then we came on here and talked about it, I'd be like, fuck yeah, this show's sweet, I think, maybe. I don't know. I might still I might still have some big problems for it. But the fact that we watch it you know, several times, you know, three, four plus per record and we're thinking about it for two weeks does inherently make you be very critical of the show. So I want to remind people of that. Like, you know, you're hearing our very measured thoughts that we've really thought about for this show. And we don't want to just come on the air and be like, yeah, good ep. Okay, bye. Ah. (laughs) It's also, I I think it's it's so important and this is, you know, for television, for film, but like actually giving what you experience some thought and yeah. like think about it. And when when TV used to be something where it was on once a week and you had to wait, wait until the next episode, it, you for that week, if you were invested, you were thinking about what's going to happen next, like what are going to happen to these characters, et cetera, et cetera. And we live in this binge age of it's like, oh, they dropped 10 episodes. I'm going to watch it really quickly. Yeah. And then you forget like, oh, what was that episode? When right. did that happen? And I don't really care. I'm just thinking of it as a whole. And it's it's tv and not a movie for a reason you're given these episodes to think of as individual things and giving it time and actual thought is super important and that will change your relationship to whatever you do watch so like james said we're watching each episode three times you know maybe uh for each recording and that's also between like two weeks sometimes three weeks that will change your relationship to anything yeah and if you yep. want to see it for yourself, go start a new show and watch the first episode three or four times <laughs> before watching the second episode. I guarantee you, you'll be like, what the fuck is this show? Why am I watching this? So, yeah. Anyway, I just had to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about season two really quick here because we're going to be going into that pretty soon here. So what do we hope this season brings us? I want to see some growth for Jen. Uh, she's stuck right now. So that's one of the things I really want to see for yeah. her. Um, and of course, we'll see, we'll find out if Joey went to France. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if it'll actually tell us that or if it's just going to be like, yeah. well, well, anyway. <laughs> I wonder. More pacey background. Um, I hope Dawson's less annoying. Yeah. Let's get some some development for Dawson and, and then new characters. Yeah. I exterior uh, eiffel tower day <laughs> uh, a floppy clothed dawson walks out screaming joy, joy. <laughs> nowhere to be found uh no i i what i all i really want from this show moving forward 
I mean, we've talked about how much we want, you know, Jen to like, you know, become an actual person, all these people to become actual people. But for the most part, the the thing that I want the most is right now, Joey, I'm the most invested in as a character, but right now she has one note and it's just shrugging and just, you know, that's it. It's one style to her performance and that it kind of sucks. And I, I want more of her. So that's the thing I want the most. What, regardless if that means that she has to go to France to like grow out of that and come home, um, if, if it means that she stays home but like breaks it off with Dawson to like grow right. a little bit on her own, uh, who knows? But I, that's what I want more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Joey's Creek. <laughs> Joey's Creek. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping for more storylines that don't revolve around Dawson. And yeah, just more of their individual hopes and dreams. And um, I'm worried that it's going to be a lot of this kind of potential like love triangle or square and like, will they, won't they? And like just a lot of that. And I, I feel like there will probably be some of that, but I hope that's not everything. And we get to see, we, I hope we get to see, yeah, new characters and kind of the like different relationships form and grow. Mm-hmm. I want the formula to change. Yeah, mm-hmm. of yeah. Every episode. They're, uh, like they're, you mean like the beginning where they're in not in Do- like maybe they're not in Dawson's room anymore, or that kind of or- that or um. There's a really great episode. Uh, I mean, the, a lot of people will disagree, but for me, there's a great episode of Breaking Bad called The Fly, where the episode, the entire thing is just Walter White trying to kill a fly in his meth lab. And it has nothing to do with like the right. normal yeah, narrative uh, yeah, uh-huh. trajectory. But you learn so much about Walter White as someone who's like, like he is so driven, but if something distracts him, he'll chase that distraction before he has to get something done. And that like what a unique and cool way to show that instead of just like using the regular format of that show. Yeah. And yeah, like if that means like we don't start in D- Dawson's room, but like do something weird where it's like, like I said earlier, Gail gets caught in a storm or, you know, Mitch is working on his, uh, you know, his little, uh, the, the, the model yeah. of the restaurant <laughs> and then he needs to get glue. So he goes to the supermarket to get glue and guess what? They're out of glue. So he has to go to the next town over and then he meets someone that he hasn't seen since college. And he's like, wow, like I haven't seen you in so long. And they're like, yeah, I hated you. And I actually, yeah, I never told you this, but I slept with your girlfriend in college. And he's like, oh my God, that completely changed my life. Like you get this whole yeah. thing. They'd be yeah. like, wow. Like I can't believe we went this far with Mitch. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if we get weird shit like that, I will be, Happy as a clam. Change it up, baby. I want something new. Yeah, that freedom to explore the show that it that it has created would be very nice to see. What I really oh sorry, I was just gonna say one other thing that um I really hope we get to explore more of those themes that we kind of touched on earlier of classism, mm-hmm. racism. Um, I I've heard that we get into some like mental health stuff, maybe addiction. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm hoping we get into some of these greater themes that do have a lot of impact on teenagers in their, you know, growing up and, and kind of exploring those greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do and not say instead of say and not do, because the right. show just loves talking about stuff, but they never actually go through the motions of what those subjects are. So I would love instead of just Joey saying like, yeah, the town is racist. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I want to see that racist, not that I want to see racist, but like I want to see these themes actually being played out and them having to deal with it instead of just talking about it. Oh, that's all people do in the shows. They just talk about it. Yep. 
Yeah, I was just going to say the one thing I want to see from season two is just more viewpoints represented. You know, I want to see diversity, not just of like characters, but of viewpoints and perspectives and actual discussion and dissection of that, not just like everything being framed by Dawson and his perspective and what it means to Dawson and what it means for Dawson. That gets old. I know it's what the show is called. It's Dawson's Creek. So I'm imagining we're just going to get more of it, you know, localized around him. But it uh to our points like that's not really representative of the teenage life of of what it means to be a teenager it's representative of what it means to be uh kevin williamson i guess maybe or at least his fictional version of himself but that's not everybody's life so let's start to see more people more Mm -hmm. thought yeah cheers to that here we come all right well anything else to talk about or we 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 good to end this one is that season one wrap? Did we do it? I think we did it. Season one, wow. baby. Pick wow. up your torches, head back to camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five more to go. Yep. Only, uh, let's see, 26 times five is we have 130 more episodes <laughs> remaining of Dawson's Creek. So it's just so, it's going to be over so soon. Anything could happen. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, that's about it. So thank you so much for listening to not only this episode, but our first season in of in, in general. I mean, like, Jesus, we, we, we did it, people. We launched a podcast <laughs> and we're here. So um, on that note, we are going to be taking just a little bit of a break between season two. We've got some things going on and we want to make sure that we have time to dedicate to the show. So just go ahead and keep an eye on the feed. We will be coming back before you know it. And maybe in the time between, you might see a couple special bonus episodes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Bonus. But... Until then, if you do want more content, go ahead and subscribe to our social media. You can keep in touch with us there. It is at Freaks and Creeks on Instagram. Check our website, freaksandcreeks.com, for any updates or any new changes as we're going. And then, of course, feel free to write to us at our email address. You can find it at show at freaksandcreeks.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your ideas for season two, what you loved about this show, uh, what you loved about our episodes, and what you love most of all about me, James. (laughs) Uh, But otherwise, until next time... Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.